continuing our series called Oh Christmas Tree. And uh, I want to start with a question. Uh, it was a question that my professor would write on the board at the end of each class. He did it once, and I was expecting him to give an answer, or at least some attempt at an answer. He never did. And the question was, what is the good life? And he did it once, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, oh, he's dismissing us. Okay, well, there's a question. And then the next day, and the next day, and the next day, he would write it on the board, and then he'd just leave it at that. What is the good life? And it had me thinking, I'm like, I don't know if I've really given it that much thought. I don't know if you've ever really given serious thought to what the good life is, but I think that's an important, important question to ask. When I was a kid, I knew what the good life was, though. I knew the good life was Christmas, Christmas cookies, Christmas chocolate, Christmas presents, Christmas family, Christmas traditions, Christmas presents, Christmas toys, and, and especially Super Nintendo. Oh, that was the good life. That was definitely the good life. My M&M collection. Um, I got one year for Christmas Monopoly Tycoon. Now, none of you have probably ever heard of Monopoly Tycoon. This was an old uh, Hasbro computer game. You have? Okay, so has anyone else heard of Monopoly Tycoon? Yeah, okay, okay. So that was, I mean, for those of us who heard it, you knew it was pretty cool. You could build whole cities. I love that. I love that so much. I was into like Roller Coaster Tycoon. Maybe some of you guys have heard of that. But I was, I love my Monopoly Tycoon. And every single day for months, I was dedicated to Monopoly Tycoon. It was a good life for me. It was a good life. So, as an opening question, go ahead and turn to someone next to you. And I want you to ask this question. It'll be right on here. What's your best Christmas uh, childhood or holiday uh, childhood memories? What, what's, what was the good life when you were a kid? Go ahead and take a minute. Just turn to somebody, ask that question. Well, what uh, best childhood Christmas, childhood holiday, childhood anything? Go ahead. What are, your, what are your yearly movies you got to see? So Willie says Home Alone and Babies. Night Christmas Story, thank you. Hannah won't ever watch Christmas Story with me. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Christmas movies. Alf the Grinch. Vacation. Home Alone and Vacation. I just, I don't like. 
week. I'm sorry, guys. I know that's not the most popular. <laughs> um, what other, what, this guy, <laughs> what other, what other things? Memories. What was the good life as a kid? What did you guys talk about in just a couple words? Polly Pocket. Polly Pocket. Was that the little, that was like the kind of same thing as Monopoly, but Monopoly was like bigger, like, no, Polly Pocket. Was that what that you fed the Polly Pocket? I'm thinking of the wrong thing. What was the Polly Pocket? Oh, I never had one. I was deprived. <laughs> Anyone else? Christmas, big, like, fun memories. Lights, seeing the lights. Good, good. Okay, well, I will be, this is an interactive night. Um, this is going to be a little different talk, so it could go horribly wrong. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but the good life, the good life. You know, if you were to imagine the good life and, and look around our world at where do you see the messaging of the good life, you will see it everywhere. Like if you watch TV at least. So, so uh, recently we've been watching a lot of TV. Um, so we watched The Bachelor. We watch, um, <laughs> we watch uh, Love is Blind. We watched a documentary about a cult. <laughs> yeah, I know. A documentary about a cult called uh, Twin Flame. And all of it was around this idea that the good life was finding your person, finding your love, finding that one person to complete you. That was the good life. And some people make a lot of money off of that. But it doesn't, oh. <laughs> Some people think this is the good life right here. <laughs> I look at, our, this is our dog, by the way, Albert. Sometimes I look at him and I think he's living the good life. Sometimes it's fine. Oh, is that, <laughs> you thought I was talking about your love. There it is. There's Hannah's love right there. <laughs> she found her person. <laughs> um, finding your love. And some people are making lots of money. Some people, you know, think they found it and then, a year later, they're not married anymore, you know? So sometimes game shows aren't the best way to find your love or your person. <laughs> um, but it's not only that. Sometimes it's being an entrepreneur. Sometimes it's, it's getting a deal from Mr. Wonderful on, AG, on, uh, on Shark Tank. Could be the, the dream, could be the thing. I, well, we're actually uh, listening to a podcast called The Dream and it's talking about how some uh, companies are taking advantage of people wanting to be entrepreneurs and they're going into it and there's some shady things happening because the good life is independence and financial freedom and, and even the idea of getting rich and wealthy could be the good life. What is the good life? Could it be recognized by Simon Cowell on AGT, him saying, I didn't like it, I loved it. Is that the good life? Is that good, the good life? What is the good life? You watch a sports movie? We just watched uh, Gran Turismo, and it's about the, the NASCAR, but in Europe. <laughs> and, and when the kid won, I'm like, this is the good life, if he won. I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> um, is it just full indulgence? Um, uh, Pastor John Mark Comer. He wrote about this, about full indulgence. He said, the more you pamper and submit to your body's desires, the more they grow into insatiable cravings. A potato chip or an orgasm tends to make you want another. He says, you know, even the things that we get that, that we indulge in, 
just aren't enough. We tend to want more. When I think of Monopoly Tycoon, there was an amazing day one day where I became, other pocket, where I became the Monopoly Tycoon. After months and months of, of building cities and making money on the game, I finally built the city, the final level, and I became the top winner of the game, and it was blissful. And I shut the game off, and I was glowing, and I was floating in air, and it was the best day of my life. I was so happy I had accomplished such a meaningless task. <laughs> and then the next day came, and I was bored. <laughs> I realized that it was over <laughs> and everything that was bringing me joy had come to a complete end. And there were days where I turned that game on again. It lost the magic. It lost the magic. I thought I found the good life, but not so much. So what is the good life? What is it? What is it? You know, we think we have a picture of the good life, and some of us are willing to give everything for it. Some of us are willing to, you know, dedicate our lives to it. Uh, I just got done another show, Squid Game, the challenge. So they turned it into a game show, but it was based off of this original show where people were willing to risk their lives for a chance at millions of dollars. Some of us are willing to give everything the picture of the good life. I know growing up in church, my idea of the good life was save as many souls as possible. Because I was so scared of hell and I was so scared of what, what people's eternity could be and so I just thought this is the only thing I could give my life to and I put a lot of pressure on myself. What about you? What is the good life? This is a rhetorical one this time. So take, your, take it to yourself. What have you considered the good life? This isn't a new question. One day there was a rich young man who went up to Jesus. He said, Jesus, how do I get the good life? He phrased it, how do I get eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. Have you kept those? He said, yeah, I've kept those. Jesus said, okay, okay, just give up everything you have and follow me. Jesus said, forget everything you think you know about the good life. Because that's going to come from following me. I'm like, wow, that, that's a lot. Jesus said a lot about the good life in just that moment to the rich young man. Which some people would say, if you're even one of those things, you're living the good life. But, but Jesus said, give up all your riches, sell to the poor, and follow me. Jesus is making a claim that he can offer us eternal life. The good life comes from Jesus. It's a big claim. It's a big, big offer. So what does that really look like, though? What is that? Jesus says it's hard, though. He says, he says there's two paths. One is really wide, and a lot of people are on it, and it's easy. And that goes to death. He says, but then there's another little itty-bitty path that few find. It's really difficult. That one leads to life. So today, I don't want to tell you what the good life is because I don't think I can. I think it's pretty complicated because there are really important things that are worth giving ourselves to and working really hard for that I don't want to discourage you from. 
But I do want to explore what the Bible says about the good life in a different way that I have never really done before. Maybe you never have either. And I want to use a Christmas tree to do it, okay? So, so we talked about the tree of testing last week. Today, we're going to talk about the tree of life. Because God put two trees in the Garden of Eden. He put the tree of life in the very center. You eat from the tree, you get eternal life. The tree of life is such an important character in the story of the Bible that shows up in the beginning of Genesis and at the end of Revelation. We have the tree of life. Last week, we talked about that second tree, the tree of testing, and we tried to see that tree as a gift. Um, One thing I forgot to mention last week was how the tree of testing shows up in the Christmas story. See, when Jesus came into the world, Jesus came as a gift to us all. He also came as a major test to mom and dad, (laughs) because if you're Mary and you're getting pregnant on God's baby, (laughs) it's not going to be that easy for you. And so even the way Jesus entered into the world was a test for Mary and Joseph. But we're not talking about a test this week. This week, we're going to talk about the tree of life. And like I said, it's going to be different. I remember when I was in middle school, I had a science teacher ask a question. He said, what are the elements of life? There's like six properties or elements of biological life. And he would not give up. He said, you guys are going to come up with them out of your own heads. And, and we eventually got there. It took a long time. And so we don't have that long tonight. But I have five ideas in mind for what the good life is as demonstrated by the tree of life. And so I want us to put our heads together and you guys are going to do the teaching out of your own imagination. What could the tree possibly teach us about the good life? This is how the writers of the Bible thought. When when you read Psalm 1, you you read about um, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the way of sinners, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. He is like a tree. And he goes on to describe trees. So often when we read the Bible, it's people who have read prior parts of the Bible and have just meditated on the imagery. Today we're going to join in that tradition. We're going to meditate on one image, an image of a tree. And how does the tree teach us about what life is? Okay? I've got five of them. So this is family feud rules here. You might come up with a good answer, but if it's not one of my five answers, it doesn't count. You get the X. No, you don't get any X. Um, But collectively, I want us to come up with what, when you look at a tree, when you think of a tree, what might that be telling us about the good life? One of the very first stories in the Bible is there was a tree in the middle of the garden called the tree of life. What might God be wanting to teach us about life when he says it's like a tree? I think I've stalled for long enough. I'm seeing some confused faces. This is good. This is good. (laughs) Can anybody, brave souls, see if they can throw out a possible answer? When you look at a tree, what can it tell you about It could be one word or an idea. You can get around the idea. I don't expect you guys to get the exact word I'm thinking of. Patience. 
patience. How so? <laughs> like light. Okay, agree. Uh, a tree grows slowly over time. What are you talking about? That's good. Keep going with it. Yeah, the tree from last week was a tree of testing that brought death. That's good thought. Not one of mine, but that's good. That's good. That's okay. That's okay. Anyone else have any ideas? Yes. You need to nurture the tree. Yes. Yes. Oh, you had more to say. Come on. Let's hear it. Okay, so the word I gave that, I was actually considering the word nourishment, but I actually had a different word. So for you guys back there, if you can find the word dependency, dependency, in order to live the good life, we are dependent on a source outside of ourselves. And this is taken from the Bible. So in Psalm 1, when the, the psalmist is meditating on this idea of a tree and how can we be like a tree? Well, it, it'd be a tree that's by a stream of water. So imagine the water watering, or you're talking about the sun or the soil. You need nourishment. You need an outside source filling it up. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can have no life. Apart from me, you can do no good. We are fully dependent on a supernatural source of life coming in to us. Yes, dependency. Nice one for the first one. Good, good. Okay, we've got four more. We've got four more. Deep roots. You know what? Go on. Maybe you might catch a little bit of what I'm thinking. What? What? How does that relate to our lives? That's one. That's one. What was what was the word I had? Stability or steadiness? Steadiness by the roots. Yes, yes. You think of a tree, a strong tree is steady. There's a centeredness. There's a, it's not going to blow over. Again, the psalmist in Psalm 1 describes the good life as um, his leaf does not wither. He bears his fruit in season. And then he says, the wicked are like chaff that the wind blows away. So, so something of the good life is dependent on God. It's dependent on a relationship with God, the vine. And, and it brings about a steadiness. Don't you want a steadiness in your life? Don't you respect the people who just seem to, like, even when things are bad, they're okay. They can, they can suffer. Like, like, they don't just fake it, but you can tell they can pull, they, they've pulled themselves together. There, there is almost a supernatural strength in them. 
is steady. You guys are doing great. Let's hear it. We got three more. The competitive ones. I can see now. Now, now that a couple people got them, I can see the looks in some of your eyes, and you're like, "Okay, I'm gonna come up with one of the third. <laughs> There's only three left. It is. Use your imagination here. Any guesses? Oh, again? Or did you want to answer? Again? You're going for two. You're, you're, you're. You might be humiliating everyone else in the room. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah. Give it up! Give it up! Okay, so in the tree, a part of a tree is, is the fact that life comes from death. And so regeneration is the word. Regeneration. This is such an important theme in the Bible, isn't it? Isn't this basically what it means to be a Christian? Is to believe in life that comes through death. When Jesus died on the cross, he was given new life so that we can be given new life in him. We're invited to take up our crosses and follow Jesus. That's not just a hard life, but we're invited to follow Jesus into some kind of death. It's going to involve pruning. It's going to involve suffering. There's no game show. Maybe there is. Maybe like Survivor or something. The good life is just suffer and pain. But, but the Bible pictures life coming from death. I also, I would have also accepted not just the branch being pruned, but Another way we see this picture of life coming out of death is the seed. Is the seed alive? No, it's dead. But when it's planted, it needs something dead to be planted in order for new life to come out. And that's the message of, of Jesus. He died so that we can be given new life. Nicely done, nicely done. I, you guys probably thought at first I was crazy that there were five, but there's actually two more. Two more. You got to guess. Growth. Is growth. No, sorry. I'm trying to, I might need to pull up. That's very good, Hannah. No, I know. You give her an applause, people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's the other one. Okay. Okay. That's very good, though. Yeah, yeah, that's a good guess. Do we have another guess? Yes. Put your hands together! <laughs> the word I came up with is generosity. And you even said gift. Yeah, the fruit isn't for the tree. I don't think, maybe biologists might have a reason, but I think the, tree, the fruit is for someone else to be blessed. So, so part of the good life 
that we see in the tree of life. Isn't this brilliant? Isn't this cool? This is the Bible here. This is how we should see the Bible. I mean, Sharina's going to really get into this idea of fruit next week. But, but the fact that, that the fruit is there for others' enjoyment, others' nourishment, others' blessing. In Revelation, when it talks about the, the tree of life, it says that the, there's leaves, and the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that lovely? That, that, that we are given blessing in order to be a blessing. That we are given life in order to bring life and healing to others. I love that. Yeah, there's fruit. I'm so curious. I actually forgot this fifth one. I had to look at my notes. Anyone over here want to take a shot in the dark? We'll give you an applause just for guessing. Oh. <laughs> oh, Megan? You can't. Oh, Evan. I'm like, you see the list. <laughs> You're pointing out. Evan, Evan. Yes. Give Evan a hand, even though he's wrong. <laughs> not, I'm not wrong. There are no wrong answers. There's no dumb answers. But that one <laughs> was not on my list. <laughs> That's very good. Shade. Yeah, yeah. Covering protection. I like that. I like that. That's good. Oh, did I make fun of you? My bad, my bad. You you okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> She's giving me a hard time. Um, hey, he does, he does. So far we've got the deep roots, so steadiness, stability, peace. We've got the fruit and even the leaves, generosity. We've got, what else did we say? Nourishment, dependency, need water, sun, soil. And then we said, what was the other one? Regeneration, life from death. Did, okay. Yeah, okay, you're going to them. Very good. And then there's a fifth one. There's a fifth one. Well, just look at the tree. Duh. <laughs> just look at it. Who said beauty? Get it up! <laughs> Why is it that evangelicals especially, we forget that God calls us to be artists just like him? God calls us to make the world a more beautiful place just like him. If God is a creator and we're made in his image, shouldn't we be little creators? No matter what we do, we, be, we ought to be bringing beauty into the world just like the tree. One of the things mentioned in the garden was that the tree was pleasant to sight. It didn't need to be pleasant to the, to the size, but it was. It was. Why? Because this is a piece of who God is. And so whether it's writing a song, whether it's playing drums, whether it's anything we may be doing, if it is bringing beauty into the world, that is a thing of God. That is a part of the good life. The good life. Give yourselves a hand. You did it. You did it. Woo! Okay. 
Okay, so some takeaways here. One thing I do want to say about the good life, and as we look at the tree, is, is that this is God. You know, God is the tree of life. This is a picture for God. And if God is the tree of life, we are supposed to be trees ourselves. This is, I believe, what, what, when you meditate on the word of God, kind of where you get to, is that the tree is at the center of the garden. This is where we get our source of life from. Well, who do we really get our source of life from? Is from God himself. He is like that tree of life. He is like the sun. We can't do much without the sun. He is like water that we drink. These are the things that Jesus said, right? He said, I am living water. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He is the life. And we can have no life apart from him. Do you believe that? Because some days I wonder, when I see people who stop going to church, when I see people who lose, lose their faith, and there's a part of me that holds my breath. I don't. Maybe it's just me, but there's a part of me that holds my breath and says, if they're doing pretty good on their own, does that make God look pretty bad? Like, is it, is it really true, like, that you can only have life with God? I don't know if I can speak for somebody else. But I know for myself, the closer I am with God, the more peace I have. It is a peace and it is a meaning and a purpose that I have found in God and I haven't found anywhere else. And so, you know, I, I kind of see it like this, is when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were banished from the garden. They didn't die physically immediately, but they were just a little further from the source of life. And I think that it, it comes in degrees. Life comes from God. We're dependent on him. We are the branches. He is the vine. There's another message when, when we talk about the good life, is that when Jesus came into the world, he brought about the good life, and the good life is for everyone. Two verses I want to leave you with from the Christmas story. Right here, that last slide here. This first one is from Mary, the mother of Jesus. She said uh, in a poem, she says, He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. You see, Mary made a statement about the good life, is that it is not just for the people who we think it's for. The good life is, is, is offered to the poor. And then Simeon, after Jesus was born and is brought to the temple, Simeon, who has long awaited the Messiah, he comes out and he says this. He says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Another word for salvation, healing, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus was a Jew. Jesus was a part of Israel. But Jesus was blessed to be a blessing to all nations. And so when we think of the good life, when we think of Jesus coming, let's remember that this is an extension. The good life is an invitation. It comes from the one source God, but it is an invitation to all people, no matter where they're from. Let's pray. Father God, we ask you. It feels selfish to ask you for this, but you are a loving, generous Father in heaven, and we ask you to impart the true good life in us. 
Would you change our desires from the things that we think are best for us to what you reveal is best for us? God, may we see life in you. May we see you as the beautiful artist that you are creating beauty all around us. May we see who you are, God, as the generous one who, who imparts life to all. May we see you as our source of stability. Jesus, who on trial and his worst moments was able to remain composed. An example of steadiness, stability. May we see you and how you turn the tables and you bring about life through death, life through pain, life through suffering. You passed through pain and death and came out on the other side, bringing life to all. We pray, God, for eyes that can see your goodness. And of course, you are not dependent on anyone. The only one we don't really share with you because you are the great I am. You are fully self-sufficient on your own, God. But we are dependent on you. In this moment, as we breathe in, we know that every breath is from you. So we thank you, God, that you invite us and you offer us real, true life. We thank you, Jesus, that you say that eternal life is this, to know 